It's TechBiter Worldwide with Bill Flynn. The latest on programs and policies, helpful hints, and a bit of occasional nonsense. All in more or less plain English. Podcast number 774, the 7th of January, 2022. Oh, look, a new year. This week, it's not uncommon to think of the VLC media player as a video player. It does play video files, DVDs, and Blu-ray discs, but it can also play internet audio, CDs, and network files. And if you need to convert a video or audio from one format to another, it does that, too. In short circuits, the 2022 update to Adobe Illustrator has several welcome and worthwhile additions and improvements, but huge improvements to 3D functionality are the big story. Windows 11 users will find monthly updates are faster because downloaded files are considerably smaller. In 20 years ago, I was hearing a lot of questions about whether it would be wise to upgrade to Windows 95 in 2002. I said it depends, thus proving that some things just never change. If you watch DVDs or MP4 videos on your computer, you may already be familiar with the VLC media player, but it can do much more than just play videos. No matter what kind of media file you want to play, there's a good chance that VLC will be able to play it, sometimes even if it's damaged or incomplete. VLC supports H.264 and MPEG-4 video files, as well as FLV and MXF file formats using codecs that are part of VLC. Modules can be downloaded for other codecs. VLC even ignores DVD region coding, which means it'll play DVDs that are not coded for use in specific regions if the DVD drive you have has regional playback control version 1 firmware. Unfortunately, this isn't the case if RPC2 firmware is installed on the optical player you use. In all, VLC supports more than two dozen video formats, including some that are rarely used. It also supports transcoding from one format to another for about half of the video formats it can play. VLC supports all popular audio files, such as MP3, AAC, AUG Vorbis, WMA, FLAC, and several you may never have heard of. It's also capable of transcoding audio files from one format to another. Have I mentioned that it can be downloaded and used for free in versions that run on Windows, Mac OS, many Linux variants, Android, Chrome, and several versions of Unix? It can. VLC's interface is exceedingly plain, but users can switch the application to a skinned mode except on macOS computers. Dozens of skins can be downloaded for free from VLC's website, but the skins will probably be disappointing. How much of a problem is that, though? You probably won't be paying much attention to the interface if you're watching a video, listening to a podcast, playing an audio or video disc, or listening to an online radio station. All of the important tools are present. Take audio files, for example. The playback function includes a 10-band audio equalizer, a compressor, a spatializer function, a stereo widener, and even a pitch adjustment function. When watching a video, the user can adjust hue, brightness, contrast, saturation, and image gamma. It's also possible to crop a video during playback, 
make advanced color modifications, change the geometry, add an overlay, and reduce noise. The geometry adjustment is helpful if you have a video clip that's rotated. The user can change the playback orientation by rotating 90, 180, or 270 degrees. And it's also possible to flip a video. If some of those audio and video settings and functions are unfamiliar to you, or you don't feel like using them, don't worry, just leave them disabled as they are by default. This makes VLC the ideal player for audio and video experts, and for those who don't know an aspect ratio from a gamma setting. VLC can be extended with a variety of plugins. If you'd like the application to do something it doesn't do by default, there's a pretty good chance there's an extension that will add the feature. When VLC starts, it can be full screen or minimal view mode. The application is fully resizable and can display an icon in the notification area, or tray. Users can also set a default audio level that VLC always uses at startup. Setting VLC to always be on top is helpful if you want to view a video file while working on other projects. Videos can also display subtitles if they're present in the video file, and the user has full control over the typeface size used for subtitles. But this is one of those, wait, there's more kind of programs. Sometimes the file you have is not the file you need. Video files suitable for playback on a desktop computer might be too large to load onto a phone or other mobile device, or perhaps you have a lot of high-quality FLAC or AAC audio files, but the player in your car works only with MP3 files. VLC can quickly convert a batch of large, high-quality audio files to much smaller MP3 files that'll work in your car. If the video file you're converting is an interlaced format, such as 720i or 1080i, VLC can deinterlace the file for use on a computer, tablet, or phone. Interlaced videos write odd lines to the screen in one pass, even lines in another pass. This worked fine on old television screens, but interlaced files are ugly when viewed on devices that don't expect that old format. VLC can convert these files to 720p and 1080p formats. Most modern displays work only in progressive mode. When interlaced files are viewed on those screens, the two interlaced frames have to be combined. That creates noticeable ghosting on high-performance screens. There's no shortage of applications that can convert video and audio files from one format to another, but why take the time to search for another option, possibly one you'll need to pay for, when VLC can already handle the task for free? VLC is also a handy application for playing streaming audio, such as podcasts or streams from radio stations. By default, VLC offers audio streams from IceList, which has a shrinking number of users, I like IceList's Smooth Jazz Mix New York, and there are a few dozen other options to choose from, but check the extensions page for additional streaming options that can be added to the program. The bottom line here, Five Cats, VLC plays music CDs and files, DVDs, videos, photos, podcasts, and more. Download VLC, and you won't need separate players because Videoland has built everything into a single player. Because it's an open-source application, anyone can download the source code, modify it, and submit it for possible inclusion. VLC may have an uncommonly plain interface, 
but users are probably more interested in the media they're watching or listening to than in what the program looks like. The VLC Media Player is free, but donations are appreciated and accepted. Additional details are available on the Videoland website. You'll find a link on the TechBiter Worldwide website, www.techbiter.com. If you find these podcasts useful, and I hope you do, might you consider a donation? There are no ads here, and support from listeners is the sole source of income. It's easy. Just visit the website and click the Donate button near the top of any page. You can make a one-time donation or schedule a repeating donation every month. I thank you. And so does the cat. In short circuits, Adobe Illustrator's 2022 updates might surprise you. Applying and rendering 3D effects and substance coverings are surprising advances in Adobe Illustrator 2022's technology previews. Although the new version has a lot of other useful new or improved features, 3D options are getting the most attention. Adobe applies the technology preview indicator on new features that are being introduced with limited capabilities. When the program component has advanced to being able to provide all of its intended basic features, the technology preview indicator is removed. Adobe recommends being cautious with these components because they are not yet production ready. Now that may sound a lot like beta testing, but Adobe sees a significant distinction in that beta features are included only in beta releases, not production releases. Adobe says a feature is moved to technology preview from beta after improving its quality and functionality through user feedback. So, with that warning out of the way, I can say that I've looked at 3D functionality in Illustrator in many previous releases only to be badly disappointed. That disappointment ends right here with the 2022 release. 3D effects like rotate, revolve, extrude, lighting, and shadows can be added to text and vector items to create realistic 3D graphics. The addition of substance materials and rendering options to the 3D panel makes this year's Illustrator even more surprising. Substance materials add textures and colors to the surface of 3D graphics using thousands of assets provided by Adobe, or you can create your own. Check out the TechBiter Worldwide website and you'll see my test image. Using the extrude function, I added depth to some text without having to convert the text to paths. This can be a huge time saver if the need arises later to change the text once it's been converted to a 3D shape with texture. My example image has a sand step dunes material applied. I use the default options for sand color, roughness, pebble density, pebble color, pebble roughness, wave amount on both the X and Y axis, wave roundness, offset position on both the X and Y axis, luminosity, hue, saturation, intensity, height range, height position, and ambient occlusion intensity. In other words, the variability is such that a nearly infinite number of possibilities exist, and that's without even looking at the lighting tab. Graphic illustrators are going to be very excited about these new possibilities. 
As with several other Adobe applications, the 2022 version of Illustrator can automatically activate typefaces when a typeface isn't loaded on the computer at the time the project is opened. In the past, Illustrator would detect a missing typeface and display a message, but it was up to the user to locate and activate the typeface. Users can also place linked Photoshop documents instead of embedding them. As a result, the Photoshop document will be updated in Illustrator automatically if it's updated in Photoshop. Illustrator has been available for iPad users for a while. The 2022 version adds the ability to convert raster images, like JPEG and PNG files, to vector images. These vector images can then be filled with color, have strokes added, and have their paths edited. Once converted to vector images, they can also be resized without loss of quality. Now, this is a feature that's intended for use with objects like text and geometric objects, not photographs. Overall, there's a lot to like in this new version of Illustrator. I found a photo the other day that reminded me just how much change we've seen in just a few years. The photo shows the desk beside my main computer in 2007. There's a cat on the desk, along with some historically significant objects. Check out the photo on the TechBiter Worldwide website. Except for the cat, you may remember some of these from your home or office. Fifteen years ago, I was owned by an orange cat. We had a landline phone and a huge printer. Dictionaries were close at hand. Computer backups were on tapes that were stored off-site. Software was delivered on CDs in boxes, some of which even contained instruction manuals. And DVDs were the highest of high-tech. Duct tape was essential, and it's one of the few things that remains today. Not seen in the photo is the single-screen monitor, small by today's standards, and the huge desktop computer box. While the cat died in 2010, there's no longer a landline phone in the house anywhere. The printer is much smaller, but it's also a copier and a scanner, and if I had a landline, it could be a fax machine. Dictionaries remain, but they're out of easy reach because Merriam-Webster is on the Internet. Backups are cloud-based or stored on other disk drives instead of tapes. Even complex applications such as Adobe Creative Cloud are delivered online. And DVDs are common, but now they're the lowest tech method of watching motion pictures and television shows. The single screen has been replaced by two large monitors in addition to the notebook computer's built-in monitor. And the single large desktop system has been replaced by two notebook computers, one running Windows, the other running Mac OS. Times change. If your computer has the developer version of Windows 11, updates will continue to be huge, but other users will see much smaller, faster updates. This is a process that Microsoft has been working on for a while, partly to reduce bandwidth costs for big downloads, and partly to reduce the annoyance of large downloads for users who have slow connections or metered connections. 
Windows 11 updates, except for the developer channel, are only about 60% of the update sizes for Windows 10. It's kind of a packaging trick. Updates have been somewhat smaller because Microsoft stopped sending full installation files and limited the contents to differences between the new files and the original file. These are delta or differential updates. Prior to 2018, the differential files contained all changes made since the original installation files were released. The objective was to ensure that users would always obtain the latest updates, even if they skipped updates for a few months. The differential files, also known as cumulative updates, became larger on every Patch Tuesday until a new semi-annual update was pushed out. Microsoft used a reverse differential process in which one file removed all of the updates installed since the last major update, and the full differential file brought the system completely up to date. That process has been discontinued with Windows 11. The operating system itself keeps track of what's already been installed. And at this point, you're probably thinking something like, well, that's the way it should have been done all along because it's simpler. Well, the problem is it isn't simpler. It's important to understand that changes made are to machine-level code where specific memory addresses are referenced. A single change can have unexpected results if a dependency is missed. Windows 11 downloads only the new files it needs, so if you keep the computer up to date, the system won't repeatedly download files you already have. As a result, update downloads don't get larger every month. Because Microsoft will continue support for Windows 10 until late 2025, these update changes might be made to that version. Microsoft hasn't committed publicly either way. I have committed to making some changes to what was the spare parts section. Visit the TechBiter Worldwide website, and this week you'll find information about what changed and this item from 20 years ago. I was hearing a lot of questions about whether it would be wise to upgrade to Windows 95 in 2002. I said it depends, thus proving that some things just never change. Thanks for listening to TechBiter Worldwide. I'm Bill Blinn. There's more on the website, techbiter.com, and if you have a question or a comment, use the contact link you'll find there. Stop by again next week for another session.